Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. I'm Nick and on this episode I am joined by P. Dalesford Washington. Hello. We are joined by Mr. D. Hello. And we are joined by Craig. Evening. Or, or afternoon or morning. That's the depending. second person to do that in two shows. Yeah, depending on what, what time you listen to this podcast. Um... Right, we are a week behind, and the reason why we're a week behind is because I was hoping to record a special episode, which I didn't get to do, and I hope to do in the future, Um, but we have been quiet on one of the bigger things that's been going on at the moment in in the world, other than coronavirus, of course, which is the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, We are especially on this episode we are four white guys from england we cannot none of us can pretend that we know what the struggles are with you know people involved in this movement but i think what's definitely happened over the last uh you know month to two months now is some understanding of what's gone on and i think some reflection i've done a lot of listening i've done a lot of reading um, a lot of sharing of videos, lots of sharing of articles, speaking to family, um, speaking to friends. And, um, you know, while we can't, as I said, understand exactly what it must be like, we do appreciate just how um, how awful certain things do happen. And the Disney community is not void of that. Um, it's a very underrepresented community when it comes to uh anyone that's not white basically it it is a whitewash and i I think sometimes you don't really realize it until something like this comes along and it makes you kind of step back and reflect um and you know i I want this we've always wanted this to be inclusive to anybody um we we don't want anyone to feel that they're not welcomed we welcome any person from anywhere in the world that wants to spend time with us and just really want to say on behalf of everyone that you know we support you and you know we need to we need to do more and we are trying to do more and hopefully that will come to fruition in the next few episodes we'll see what happens but uh yeah i just thought it was important to mention it that you know we hear you and now we'll go on with the usual nonsense that we do with this podcast. Um, and I suppose before we get really stuck in, especially as I know what Mr. D's been doing prior to a starting recording tonight, I better ask what everybody's drinking. So, P-Dubs, what are you drinking? I have got a butter mint tea. B- pardon? <laughs> butter mint tea. A lady drink. Jesus. Is that like a Harry Potter thing? No, just the twinings. <laughs> 
that from is... the lady drawer in the lady kitchen. Actually, it's where my wife's cleared out her drawers at work, having been made redundant. So I'm drinking the tea that she's brought home. <laughs> well done, Craig. Well done for bringing up redundancy. Went... Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Um, and speak, look, look, you cannot turn around now to p-dubs at any time like i'm banning from this episode forth i'm i'm gonna ban you for anytime he has any kind of ridiculous tea and sorry p-dubs but he's ridiculous tea yeah anytime he decides to do that that you accuse him of having a ladies drink right because who has got well into tea recently to the point of buying ridiculous like contraptions to make cups of tea teapots yeah ridiculous contraptions I've it's got. Just, I've now got two you, teapots. You could have got. I've got a one-man gone... teapot and a two-man teapot. Say ridiculous. <laughs> just, just have a kettle. I've got a kettle. Here's my handle and here's my spout. Well, he spouts a lot. Of... Is this anyway. like tea leaves, Craig, or is it, or is it tea bags? Proper tea leaves, my oh, friend. So you need, so you need a kettle. You need a teapot for that. I yeah, will but... send you the link, Mister D, and will I will change your life. Yeah, top man. Another one of his uh, just, just so you know, tea is my thing, okay? Oh, is it? Love oh, tea. Love tea. Too. Don't like fancy teas. No, just no. Love yeah. Nice tea. Yeah. See, I, I, I used to drink tea when I was a kid for a while. No, no, no. And then I kind of... Then my horse died. Then, then <laughs> kind of went more towards coffee and stuff like that. And the only time I have tea now, it's really weird, is if I go to one of my cousin's houses and she asks if I want a cup of tea. She's the only person in the world that does. And if she asks me, I will have a cup of tea. But otherwise, I don't drink tea. Do you all go down the calf and get a cup of tea? Well, uh, as you go yeah, past well, the laundrette? We're waiting for our clothes to dry in the laundrette. Um, so, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be adverse to trying to get more into proper tea. But, yeah, you, you can't, you can't have any pops at P-dubs anymore. It's just, um, you're banned. You, you know, and you're this, is, this is when he tells us he's got um, 0% beer again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you on the prohibition, Craig? No, I'm on the zero. Oh, the zero. Yeah, Budweiser yeah. zero. Yes, very good. Um, Mr. D, what were you the, looking up in the I'm background? on the butch manly drinks. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in my drink of choice. And I'm, I've actually got half and half because I've just got the last dregs of the bottle of Bombay Sapphire. Mm-hmm. So that's in the glass with the ice. There yep. you go. And I'm just cracking open a new bottle of Greenalls. So there's a bit of that in there as well. And then here comes the tonic. There we go. A little can of Fever Tree. Fever Tree. Um, I, I don't have gin tonight, unfortunately. Um, but before I go on to what I've got... Um, Mrs. D, I thought this might interest you. My cousin, not the one that makes me a cup of tea, another one of my cousins, he, I was talking to him on Father's Day and he was telling me that he's, one of his sons had bought him a bottle of uh, gin mm-hmm. uh, for Father's Day because he just started getting into... Was he slowly poisoning his mum over a period of weeks? No. To claim her uh, pension money? No, I'm not sure what that's a reference though. Dot and Nick in EastEnders. Um, so anyway, um, so his son bought him a bottle of gin and it was called Glaswegian. Glaswegian. And it was a it's a craft gin made in oh. Glasgow. 
oh, local okay. distillery, and the uh, the bottle looks pretty funky. Does so not it? only has it got a great name, yeah, um, but also it comes in a fancy bottle. Mm. So you know, if you're a sucker for fancy bottles, then you well, know, I, I'm not. But my my son-in-law has he's got a collection. He's got a, a collection. Oh, does he? Stuff. Does he want the um, championship winning Liverpool gin? <laughs> I love her. I don't think he could give a toss, but he's not really a football guy. But oh, Monge Sorry two, Mister D, Monge two. Yeah. Yeah. Football nonsense. I have gone for a Mike's uh, hard seltzer with a hint of natural lime. No fake lime in this bad boy. Uh-huh. But yeah, following on from last night's podcast, I'm going through the seltz, the hard seltzers I bought yesterday. So next, next pod, next universal podcast when we do P Dabs's. Uh, section. I'm uh, I'm gonna do a margarita. Is that like a, a medical oh. <laughs> procedure. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait uh, till we start talking about fat Tuesdays. Yeah, definitely. I'll oh. get the margaritas out for that one. I'll bring I'll bring up my story again. Um, right. So, about uh, now we've all got drinks. Um, let's get on with the first segment of this show, which is of course a look at what is going on at the parks. Let's get down to business to start planning that Disney trip. I'm Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel here, proud sponsor of the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast. I specialize in all things Disney, Universal, and all major cruise lines. Disney cruises are spectacular, but you've got to book early to get the best pricing and stateroom selection. I offer generous onboard credits and take care of all your planning. Interested in Disney World, Disneyland, or Disneyland Paris? I can help with every bit of the planning process, including dining and fast passes. Find me on the Twitters at WP Magic Journeys or email me at Wendy Prater at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories. And Jesus Christ, boys. It's been a bit of a wild time, hasn't it, of the last few days? I don't know. I don't really follow um, Disney news anymore. You're such a liar. Because we've been talking about this. So uh, I don't know, P Dubs. Do you want to talk? Do you want to take this story on? Which one? The only, <laughs> There's the, so the, many. The the biggest story. The zippity doodle the, one. The one, yeah, the one that's <laughs> the, the one that's ruined people's yeah. lives. So let's let's start with that one then. So what day was it? Was it the end of last week? I think. Or was it uh, Monday? One. I think it was Thursday. Was it? Yeah, it was I thought it was the it was the back end of last week. So, Not um, back end of water. <laughs> so it was announced. It had been rumoured for a while. Um, I know there'd been petitions and all sorts of things to be set up and and tying into what Nick said at the the beginning of the episode. Really, um, was that Splash Mountain will be no more. Um, well, it will still be there. It just won't be called Splash Mountain anymore. Uh, they are doing a redesign of the ride to remove the Song of the South um, theme to it and will be replaced by Princess and the Frog. Yay. That's about all we know. Well, we've seen some artist impressions. Yeah. Or, or an artist impression, at least. We're, um, with a little picture of Tiana sitting in front of the ride. <laughs> and um, oh, who's the... Um, Luis, isn't it? Hmm. Who's the crocodile, I think. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm a big fan of The Princess and the Frog. I think it's a cracking film. Um, 
it was, I mean, it's history making as well because it's probably going to be the last traditional uh, Disney animated movie. It costs so much money to make compared to computer animated movies that, um, you know, I don't think they're going to go down that path anymore. So, you know, it'll always be remembered for that. But I think it's a sweet film. I think the characters are good. I think the story, uh, the the songs in it are pretty good. It's got a great story. It's got a, a, a superb villain as well in Dr. Facilier. Um, I've always been a fan of it. So when they announced that, I mean, and as P-Dub said, that there were rumours flying about for a good while, I'd say, that yeah. this might be on the cards. Um, and I, I'm all for it. I, I'm one of the people, and it'll be interesting to hear everyone else's uh, viewpoints, but I have always thought Splash Mountain was really overrated. I've been on it once. Um once was enough i had no desire to go back on it it's got a great drop but i think the attraction itself is is pretty ropey um and then you've got of course the the whole point of it being based on song of the south which i i we discussed this before but it's it's still madness to me that they'd already decided they were going to basically ban it and yet still went ahead creating a ride based off characters from the movie or segment of the movie. Um, I, I just don't, I, I don't know why they thought that was still a good idea. And, you know, people have, have complained over the years, the fact that it is based on that movie and, you know, it's not really an ideal fit. And, you know, we've, we've been discussing this offline and, you know, there's a whole generation that have grown up with that attraction that have got no idea where it's even from. Because unless you, you had one of the only, like the rare VHS copies or you got one of the dodgy DVD transfers that you can buy on, on the internet, you know, people don't really know the movie. Um, especially those born since the attraction's actually been operating. So it always seemed like a, a bit of a weird one anyway. Um, but yeah, so so for me, I'm I'm all for it. I I guess because it, the attraction doesn't hold uh, many memories for me. Uh, you know, I, I've got no problem with the change at all. I welcome it, and I couldn't think of a better IP to to put in it. Really, hmm. well, I mean, I I really like the attraction, and we've got you know we've been. Reading Splash Mountain since we've been going to Disney, and it's um, it's definitely a favourite. So it, I'm not against changing it. I understand why they want to change it. I think the ride itself is inoffensive, but it's based on a on a film that was made at a different time, and is uh, you know Disney aren't comfortable with it. So I understand why they're doing that. I hope they keep some of the charm of it because I think it is it's it. There is a big drop, but it's it was also about just the animatronics, the, the music, the whole package. So hopefully they, they retheme it well and they don't just slap something in there just to be correct, that they actually you know do a, a proper job of it. I'll be very disappointed if it's a cheap overlay. I will say that. I think... Yeah, it's got to be an overlay like Frozen. Is it, it's got to spend money on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I'm, certainly hope so. 
I mean, the animatronics are, are, have been ropey in there. Yeah. And to be fair, a lot of those animatronics were from previous rides anyway. Oh, the animatronics. I mean, the attraction uh, is 28 years old, I think, at the time of recording. I think it opened in 92. Um, and yeah, like you said, those animatronics were from previous attractions. So America anim- sings for a start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, those animatronics are probably nearing on 30, 40 years old, some of those, yeah. um, at least. So, you know, they are what they are. But if you look at the animatronics that are done recently for... Um, well, for Frozen, like you say, or uh, for Snow White, you know, they can do some really good things now. I, I don't think we're going to get the animatronics they're getting in Tokyo for something like uh, Beauty and the Beast. I'd love them to. Those animatronics are all fantastic. Um, but, you know, if they can do something similar to what they did with Frozen, then I think it could be quite good. Um, you know, I think the, the, the hard thing really will be how they they do tell the story of the princess and the frog in that attraction um my guess is that you know you'll you'll end up in a section with dr facilier where he's trying to uh torture you and that's when you go down the big drop yeah uh but it'll be interesting to see how they retheme that drop um because i mean it's the 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 visual effect of it is very impressive Um, as it currently stands i'm disappointed that it's going. I understand why it's going, but some of my exactly some of my happiest memories of Walt Disney World are on that ride. Um, I was stuck with our Eve at the bottom of the the lift hill for about twenty minutes with them two um, birds snarling, saying that you're going to go and die and all that. Um, our Eve got evacked off it at one time. Uh, just, just you know, everyone striking poses. It was the last ride we did on our last trip last year with Charlie, my nephew, who was absolutely petrified on day one of our holiday and was coming off rides throwing up. Uh, the start of the holiday was in Universal. By the end of the holiday, he was a white-knuckle rider and we he stayed with us at Mickey's Not So Scary and um, everyone else had gone home, and that was the last ride we did. So, bittersweet. I understand why it's changing, and it'll be interesting. I think you are all um, smoking pot if you think that they're going to spend any great deal of money on it. They're going to recycle them animatronics because there's hundreds of them in there, and to replace every single one of them is going to cost an absolute fortune. Well, I also think that Disney are going to want to do it quickly. That's the that's my concern. You know, well, they've, they've. I think Simon Isbell um, went and did the detective work for me the mm-hmm. other day of the Frozen ride. I think that was shut for nineteen months for the refurb. Yeah. So, this is a far more substantial plot of land to be uh, refurbing. Yeah. The other thing is, though, they they, they probably already had their designs in place right yeah and then they shut it for 19 months exactly they're not going to want to wait 19 months to get this rethemed i don't think but then they said they've already had those plans for a year hmm. so it's not i would imagine i wouldn't be surprised if they haven't already started 
it's but to be honest, yeah. I, I was here. They maybe had concepts. Like, I think maybe they've had concepts. I don't I don't know that they've had designs, but we'll, well see. Yeah, I mean I, I remember hearing rumors of it around D twenty three last year. Yeah. That um they were thinking about doing something to Splash Mountain. I didn't yeah. know what at that point, but just that that might be the next big ride to to be altered in some way. Yeah. Um, what what were they waiting for? Just the the next round of protests before they did anything? I think they were waiting for the next D23, to be honest. I think if D23 was taking place this year, this would have been the big thing. If you look at D23 last year, how many things were announced last year? I think they were probably trying to keep it up for the 50th. Yeah. And then they would have taken it down once that celebration was done because they wouldn't want to lose one of their massive attractions. Uh And when you look at what they've got on for the 50th, you know, all the work in Epcot, you know, they've got a lot on. They haven't even finished... The studios yet um they still got the hotel to finish and so i yeah i think it would have i think it would have come after the 50th i think they would have had lots of time to go from concept to design and, and project planning and uh, i think said, they're going to crash and burn on it have you said when this is actually going to start taking place no i would imagine they've already started it i i'm not sh- i i don't think they have and the only reason i say that is because i cannot remember the last time that disney didn't do a farewell for an attraction i don't think they'll do a farewell for this no i I don't either they won't do a farewell for this i'm not sure and and i I mean given the circumstances though nick that's like endorsing (laughs) that's like endorsing the song of the south they they ain't gonna do it and then they can't put money on it they can't even keep it open for the 50th because that's sending out the, the, the wrong message. Look what they did when Trump came in. They kept that shut for months because they didn't want to offend. And then they filled it with security guards, which was still there last year when we went on it, just to buzz off Trump. And there's still people there standing there making sure you don't shout any abuse at them. If they do it, it will be very, very low-key. It will be like, you know, announced like the day before and it'll... Be a little whoa, it's gone. Bye. I mean, if, if I was, who's going think... to turn up, Nick? Who's going to turn up on the last day of the Song of the South ride getting shut? Let's be honest. Loads of people. Like the one thing that has yeah, been but, hilarious. What will they all be? They'll all be Trump supporters. They'll all be racists. They'll all be you fascists. You can't, all have you, can't, no, you can't say that because the thing is, the thing is, Craig. If you was if you were going to be on holiday there on the last day that Splash Mountain was going to be operating. Are you saying that you wouldn't have gone on it? Of course you would have done. No, but the, I think the point is, though, Nick, that it invites controversy. You, it, invites, you, it invites a protest. Exactly. Right? If you say if, it's closing on such a date, come and say your goodbyes. Who's yeah. turning up? And yeah. that's exactly why there was no details in that article about whether it was going to reopen or whether yeah. it was already done. Mm. Yeah, I think it'll all be done quietly, quickly. Yeah. You could be right. I mean, I think before we was having this conversation, you know, if I was a betting man, I would have said they'd probably wait till next year when the Tron coaster is up. So at least they've got another big attraction that's going to eat people. In an um, ideal world, yeah. yeah. If it was a D23 announcement, by mm. all means. If the world wasn't protesting, if people weren't getting killed, by all means. But at this year, in particular, a, a um, an election year with some of the stuff that we've been seeing that's going on in America at the moment. So have any sort of 
closing for it, especially this year, would be absolutely the wrong sign and the wrong stuff to send out. Yeah, yeah, I can I can definitely see that argument. I mean, the, the, as I said, the reaction on on social media has been like ridiculous. Um, you know, you've got people like yourself, Craig, and and like you, Mister D, who have got fond memories of the ride and riding with your family, and that's the that's the kind of sad bit of it that the although the attraction itself isn't going to change from what it is now, um, the theming will change, so it will be a different ride. Um, and you've got people that will miss it like that. And then you've got the other vocal side who are the ones protesting against it that, um, you know, are, you know, accusing Disney of, uh, trying to pander to black lives matter. And, uh, you know, it's all political and, and all of this kind of stuff. And just some of the reactions have been ridiculous. Like, uh, I've been called woke snowflake. Uh, all kinds of the usual uh, crappy defences that people put up when they don't want to, they can't actually have a a conversation about something sensibly um, and just want to try and throw insults your way, not knowing I'm English and I'm used to insults. Um, so uh, the reaction has been ridiculous. I've seen a few today uh, of, of people saying, well, the Princess and the Frog is a racist film, so why are they replacing one racist film with, with another one? Um, I've never thought of The Princess and the Frog as being in at all, in any way, a racist film. And I think you only have to look at the, you know, the, the people that can make that judgment, and that is the black community and how they've reacted to the announcement of it. And I've not seen anyone um, have a go at people that are going to miss the ride, but they have welcomed the fact that the Princess and the Frog is finally going to be recognised in the parks. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, but if you're, uh, as somebody I was having a row with today, if you're a 50-year-old white woman who thinks, you know, Song of the South isn't a racist film and therefore I don't see any problem with it, well, it, that's not for you to say because you're not the one that's going to be affected by it. You're not the one that's, you know, being caused upset by the film or, you know, think thinks it's it's awful that Disney still represents it. So, you know, I'd rather listen to the people that, you know, should have an opinion on it. And if they're happy with it, I'm happy with it. Um I I I just think it's a good idea. And that that's it. Um I've not had other than the the memories the, like the memory argument of going on this attraction for so many years and everything like that. That's the only argument that holds any water with me. Um, and, and that's it, really. I think I think it's there's some battles that you know you're fighting, some battles that aren't worth fighting, and this yeah, one I, isn't worth fighting. You know, it's it's, it's gone. time to, it's, over. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I'm, it's made me on a positive note. It's made me want to go and watch the Princess and the Frog again because I've only actually seen it once. I remember yeah, liking I'm the it. I'm the same, Mr. Day. I've yeah, only I liked, ever seen I liked it at the time, and I bought the Blu-ray. I've got the I've got it sitting in the lounge. But uh, we're exactly the same. We've yeah, only seen watch the film again. once. We yeah. want to watch it very soon. As I said, the, the only thing I really remember about it is what a great villain he is, mm-hmm. and I love the setting. Yeah, and and that's yeah. another thing we've not touched on is Disneyland have got a far easier job everything in this ride than Walt Disney World have. So I've, I've got a real hope that given given the setting of it, um, 
you know, does it mean that we'll actually get a Monte Cristo sandwich in Walt Disney World? Uh, well, you're definitely going to get beignets. Yeah. yeah. That's think, for sure. I think it's another topic for another show, but yeah. um, that whole land is now in question because hey. the theme, and, well, it, it doesn't really Re- fit in the, the theme, and really. Yeah, me. really, that is the only attraction in that land because it's pretty country, isn't it? On its own, up, yeah. up the end of Frontierland. So it's all sort of vaguely Western American. Western, you've you got um, Big Thunder but, Mountain and yeah, you know, New so. Orleans. You know that, that that kind of fits. They can make that fit. I was going to just 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 make that section New Orleans Square. Just like yeah. replicate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just expand it out a little bit. Have have. Uh, you know the rest of Frontierland be Frontierland, and just create yourself a new land. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ! Yeah. No one's going to turn around and say we don't want another land in Disney World, especially if mm-hmm. um, by by doing that and changing some of the um, the quick service or, or restaurants around there into being themed around that. Yeah, no one's going to yeah. like be unhappy with that. It's mm. one of my favourite lands in any Disney park. Yeah, so I'd be more than happy for them to. To put one in Walt Disney World. Yeah. The interesting thing will be, and I'm, I guess I know the answer to this one, but the, the characters, you know, like Br'er Fox, Br'er Rabbit. Um, are they still are, use? Are they gone? <laughs> you would think yeah. they would be, because they they're also represented in the film. I've never read the books. Have any of you ever read the books? So no. no. Just, I just wonder, you know, how the books are viewed these days. Obviously, the film is viewed... Very differently from when it was made. Is there is. Books, I've seen some. I've seen some ex, excer, uh, excerpts in the books, mm-hmm. and um, the language is much worse in those books than they are in the. Well, it's uh, the same. Right. Who's, um, <laughs> who's the boat? The boat going across. Uh, what, you know, it's to the island. What's that all themed on? Tom Sawyer's Island. Yeah, have you read Tom Sawyer? Because that's questionable. I think I read it when I was a kid in school, but yeah, that's got a full. It's full of um, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. the massive problem that people have with with the Song of the South books is that it was written by a white man. Yeah, <laughs> right. I didn't know. And that. he he stole slave stories and put them in a book. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Way to go, white people. Um, yeah, and that's. The thing is, you can't go back and erase everything. And um, on a separate note, there was you a discussion. Should you? you shouldn't. No, well, no. And that's erasing history, right? And I was having this. Um, I was having a, a discussion on a, on a not a, on a Disney group today, um, but about uh, schools. Uh, some schools around my area have started sending out information about. Um, Black Lives Matter but as a as a movement or, or you know what what the kind of protests are for and that kind of thing trying you know in a, in a kiddie friendly way trying to explain um what it's all about really and um somebody uh commented to say that you know they shouldn't teach kids about race and why you know there is racism and stuff like that and my response was you know, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. It's not obviously not my phrase, but it's true. Um, I don't think you should erase anything. I mean, look, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg was very vocal about the fact that she thought, um, you know, Song of the South should be available for people to watch. And 
you know Disney have shown on Disney Plus that they you know with some of the uh, the older cartoons, especially things like Dumbo, they put up little messages to say about the fact that you know when it was made, you know it was a different time and you know it doesn't kind of represent views of of today. So I don't think you should completely uh, you know whitewash history. It's probably the wrong term of phrase, um, but you know I think that you know stuff should be left to be educational yeah you need to, to learn from the from your past learn yeah. from your mistakes we don't need in our schools now we don't even teach about world war Two. no it's it's stupid really i mean um i was talking about the facts and we've talked about it on uh alice's magical podcast if you want to listen to that where uh, my daughter bought some children's books that um, were about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King and you know she bought those with my wife and sorry my wife and um, you know she, she it, when she first bought the book she was still a little bit too young to be able to read them properly so she would read them to her and she said like she was horrified trying to read this book about Rosa Parks and explain you know what was going on and my daughter at seven now knows more about racism than we were ever taught in school and that continues to be the case we we just we don't talk about slavery we don't talk about um the crusades we don't talk about um how you know britain went and you know took over a load of countries when they wanted to uh, colonize everything we just talk about the good stuff all the stuff that's not going to cause too much of an offense to to people and i get it schools you've got you know some limited time but you you should actually focus on things that are important or i i think are important anyway because otherwise no one ever learns i think the important thing about all of that the whole movement that we're seeing right now and all these all these kind of discussions is the fact that people are discussing people are learning and people are listening and that is the only way that things will ever get better so anyway that's splash mountain mm-hmm. so p-dubs i'm gonna uh, miss you, flash mountain yeah and that's you know, people will but you know what if they if they pull something out that's you know an improvement on what's already there we'll get over it or if you like me and didn't like it in the first place you might like it more now um, but P-Dubs, you said that uh, there was some other big stories. So what did you, uh, what else did you want to bring up? The, the other story that I was going to bring up was that uh, Cirque du Soleil has gone into administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Yeah, I mean, it, it, we, we can just about include this in part news, even yeah. though technically Cirque du Soleil are down at um, Disney Springs. I always stumble when I've got to talk about Disney Springs because I always forget what it's called nowadays. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's like the whole downtown springs. Downtown springs. Yeah, that's what we should call it. <laughs> downtown springs. Never get it wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously big news because it, it affects the new Disney show, obviously yeah. that was due to have opened. I think in the spring, wasn't it? Was it March or April? It was supposed to start. Yeah, I think so. Originally, um, so obviously, Cirque du Soleil had been in that well, on property since, I think, the late 90s. 
Yeah. 98 maybe, Lanuba, I think. And yeah, somewhere. Like yeah, it was it was I'm sure it was just before the millennium. And then um that show closed, I think 2017, maybe. I'm trying to think. Was it open when we were there, Craig? Um don't know. I can't remember. No I know when we was at, at Disney Springs, but I couldn't remember. Um but yeah, I mean, it, it's been closed for a while. And then obviously last year at D23, we saw um, some behind the scenes of the uh, the workshops for this new Disney uh, show that they were going to do. Um, and also, not that it's obviously that relevant to this podcast, but of course, um, they also uh, own the Blue Man Group. They purchased yeah. that a while ago. So they had Cirque du Soleil down at Disney Springs. They had Blue Man Group in that massive theatre that used to be Nickelodeon Studios down at Universal. Yeah, and back in the day, they had shows at Disneyland Paris as well. But yes, they did. They did for a short time, yeah. So, and I, I, they did, I don't think they lasted very long, but I know that Tokyo had a certain Soleil show for a while. So they have, you know, had presence at various Disney parks. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I suppose in some way it's a shock, but then... I suppose, how how can they make money if they're not able to perform any shows? Yeah. And I mean, Broadway have turned around today and said that none of their theatres are going to open now until January. And I don't think we'll mm. be far behind either. No. Mm. No, I think so, we'll have a, a similar kind of position. So is this just the first of many theatre production companies going under then? Is, well, Cirque du Soleil is probably the biggest. Well, that that's extremely worrying, surely. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I mean, like Disney. Probably, uh, you know, they're so diversified. They've got they've got lots of different ways of making money. But a company like Cirque du Soleil, it's, it's live performances, isn't it? That's it. That's the only way they're making money. Plus, any merchandise and you know, television, yeah. whatever. But where have the being able to go under. I mean, where's the furlough scheme? Furlough scheme. Where's, where's, surely they're all on temporary contracts anyway, and you can all be stood down. And how have they lost the money to go under? Well, you got to remember, like, I mean, they put on. I mean, I think in Vegas they've got like eight shows or something on the, on the Vegas Strip alone. Then you've got the permanent attractions. A lot obviously Disney One hadn't reopened yet, but that was going to open this year. Um, and then you've got the many touring shows that they have all around the world. Um, you know, they've, they've probably got close to 30, 40 shows probably um, on a, at any one time. So, you know, you can't, there's only so much money you can get. And I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't really understand exactly what the furlough scheme has been in America. It seems to, been a bit wishy-washy really um it's, it's interesting because they're actually registered in canada that's right yeah they are it's a, he's a canadian company yeah and what do they actually own do you know did they just pay rent out to the venues they don't own the venues um i don't know about vegas vegas might be different i'm not i'm not entirely sure if they have invested in theaters there um with disney with the one at disney springs i'm not sure on that one either 
but especially for obviously the touring shows then no you know they will just play in arenas and stadiums around the world so they won't have mm. anything i did read something that in terms of the um the disney production the new disney production they were potentially protecting the uh, the cast of that one so it sounds like it sounds like maybe there's some shows that they're gonna protect and prioritize because although they fell for bankruptcy that doesn't necessarily mean they're out of business no right it doesn't necessarily mean that's the end of them no no quite often it's it's almost a last result yeah but no you're you're right it doesn't mean officially that it normally forces a quick sale doesn't it more yeah. than anything yeah, it may help them get investors or a rescue package or, or whatever. And I think it gives them some protection as well against their debts and people trying to uh, cash in their debts. I do wonder whether Disney might have their eye on them. It's, it's a big investment. It is. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you're right. Uh, or maybe they will um, attempt to, to purchase some of it. Or, or keep some of it, you know, alive. Because I mean, one of the one of the shows that Circa, I don't think it's still touring at the moment, but it certainly was touring until recently. If it wasn't, uh, it was based around Avatar. Yeah. So you know that that was already one that they they because a lot had. of people thought that's what was going to end up in Disney Springs, didn't I? I? Did. Yeah, I think I said it on here that, that I thought that was going to be the case. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, it's certainly not the end, but it's it's not looking positive. Definitely not. Um, P Dubs, did you want to talk about? And I have to come to you because of what it's about. But did you want to discuss about the NBA at all? Yeah, yeah, can do. Uh, I wrote an article about it over the weekend actually that uh, everything has now been confirmed. Um, the NBA teams will begin travelling to Walt Disney World this week. I think beginning from the weekend uh, to start their training schedule. Um, and the NBA will resume at Wide World of Sports beginning on the 30th of July, all the way through until I believe the 15th of October is when the, the finals are. And they're staying at the Grand Floridian? Uh, Grand Floridian, Grand Destino, and the Yacht Club. Because I depending heard... on where you're, uh, where you are in the legs at the moment. Right. Okay. <laughs> so basically, you're in it. Depending on how well you're doing this season, depends yeah. on what hotel you're at. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Nice. I did hear. Um, I don't know if this was just a rumor or not, but um, big beds have been put into the hotels <laughs> uh, yeah to be fair i don't know but it wouldn't surprise me because they are massive you mean long beds well yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, california queen beds uh but yeah i did i did hear that they were putting in uh, longer frames for the players yeah. because obviously as p does mentioned you know some of those guys are over seven foot yeah i don't think a standard disney bed will um support them no effectively and especially as uh, once the season starts, their families will be joining them as well. So for the first, like the training camp, they will it will just be the teams. But once everything starts up, games playing and and everything, their families will be joining them as well. So it's 
so it could get interesting in some of those rooms. Uh, yes. Is this going to be a blueprint for other um, sports in America? Um, well, well, they've some sports have, have already kind of adopted it. So um, I hate to bring it, be the one to bring it up again, but uh, wrestling have done a similar thing with um, one of the one of the big wrestling companies uh, now owns. Uh, what's uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium, and that's got a venue called Diddy's Place or Daddy's Place um, attached to it. So they've been filming their shows there, and they've also been offering to um, pay for talent to stay there as well uh, at the on-site hotel to try and keep them all contained. And so far, they've not had any COVID cases there. Um, WWE, their facilities around where well, it's full sail university but i can never remember exactly where it is if it's orlando or tampa or somewhere in between but um they haven't been doing the bubble with a hotel they've just been having their wrestlers come and go as they please and they have now had uh positive covid um tests with some of the wrestlers but they're still going along um but in terms of real sport craig which is i think what you was kind of getting at then yeah, I think... Yeah, not pantomime. Oh, no, it isn't. Um, I think in terms of things like the uh, the Major League Baseball season, um, I think they're looking into it to see how that pans out for them. Yeah, I think they've, they've announced their dates now for when they're meant to be starting. Yeah, it's August, isn't it? Yeah. And um, the NFL starts in September, so they might try and follow a similar... Kind of the plan, MLS know. have also got a tournament at Walt Disney World at the same time, but that was already planned before any of this started. Right, okay. Aren't they staying in the Swan and Dolphin? I believe so, yeah. Well, Major League Soccer's not NBA, is it? So, I suppose. But, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, um, yeah we'll see how it goes. Um in other Disney Springs news, two restaurants have made um, over 100 uh, employees redundant. Paddlefish and Terralina. Is that how you pronounce it, Terralina? Yeah, please so. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah they've just announced that they are um, laying people off due to the, uh, you know, the negative economic impact caused by the pandemic. Um, and of course, yeah. Disney Springs has now been hit with the fact that you're now not allowed to drink. Yeah, yeah. In Florida, yeah. A total sure. of 143 jobs will be eliminated effective August 1st at Paddlefish and Terralina, 87 and 56 respectively. And this the remaining 128 workers will see their hours cut. This is only going to get worse. We talked about it last night on uh, that Universal podcast. These companies are, be, are being forced to open to create employment for people to keep them in jobs, but there isn't a business there to keep them making a profit. Well, we obviously, as we record this episode, we are about to enter uh, what I guess the plan was to be our Independence Day on the 4th of July. Thanks, Boris. <laughs> you idiot. Not bad. Um, and that's the day that we are going to see, for the first time since the 23rd of March, uh, bars 
and restaurants be open and be able to seat people in them you know some of those places have opened up for takeaways even even pubs have been doing takeaway beer um of the last few weeks but yeah i went past one on the way home from work on thursday yeah it wasn't takeaway they were all standing outside well <laughs> when i say takeaway you take it away from where it gets served <laughs> yeah but yeah you're right they just stand in the car park um our, our village has had um it's got four pubs they were all open the last two weekends with people just standing in the street with two plastic pint glasses in one in each hand um, the major pub which has got a big car park is um, selling food to take away but everybody yep. was just drinking in the car park and then urinating up against the wall because the toilets aren't allowed to be open that's right yeah so what is the point absolutely i don't get it um but yeah you know we're gonna see this as well and i've got a friend that works in a, in a restaurant chain and um you know she was talking about their plans to reopen and you know similar to what they've obviously done it uh in, in florida in their restaurants you know it's almost every other table and you know masks to be worn except when you're eating and and all this kind of stuff and you know for me personally I'm not doing anything on the 4th of July. I'm not going to a pub. I'm not going to any restaurants. I'm going to be carrying on as I've been for the last few months because I I just don't see the initial rush in needing to do so. No. Um, they're going to be really busy. Because they're going to be so busy, it's going to be even worse. It's a, if you think back to when this first started and the only place you could go to was a supermarket or somewhere that sold food, those first few weeks were horrendous. If you wanted to go to the supermarket, you were queuing for, you know, maybe an hour to get in. Um, every time, and, and that was after work. Every time I've been in the last couple of weeks after work to go to the supermarket, I've walked straight in. Because, you know, the, the, the novelty's worn off. People have started to be able to get deliveries. Um, other places are open, so they're going there instead. You know, whatever the reasons are. But with restaurants especially... You know they do work on tight margins, so there's a lot of overheads that they have to they have to cover. And unless all of those tables that they can have open will be filled up, they're probably going to be losing money by opening. I think my understanding is for the pub industry in in England anyway is you've got to book a, a time slot to go and get a table, and it's a two-hour table. And then you've got to move on. So what do what are we really good at in England, especially? It's binge drinking. So these pubs are going to have you on your two-hour time slot. You're going to double up. Whatever you're ordering, because that's what we do over here. Or that's what some of us do over here. That is what we do. You double up. Then you become arsy because you've drank eight pints in two hours. And you're being asked politely to move on. There's going to be chaos. Yeah. And, you know, I know Amer some American states are different, but we can pretty much go anywhere and buy alcohol, right? We don't have to go to a liquor store. We can go to off-licenses. We can go to a supermarket and buy alcohol, and all the alcohol you want. Um, you know, like me with my newfound obsession with Mike's Hard Seltzer. If you want to sponsor the show, let please get in touch. 
Um, you know, if you want to drink, you can just drink at home. And now that, you know, we're allowed to have more people around to houses and stuff like that, that's what I'm going to do. Number one, it's going to be cheaper. It's always cheaper to buy booze from a shop than it is to go to a pub. And we're only going to go to a pub to chat anyway. So we'll just do it in the garden. It's no biggie. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of pubs anyway. Like, I've worked in them and I've drunk in them. It's, it's fine if you're going out for a night out or something. But, you know, you can just enjoy yourself in your back garden if all you're going to do is going to go and have a chat and catch up with some mates. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very tough situation because the longer they stay closed, the less likely they are to recover. But if they aren't hitting the targets when they do reopen, they're going to suffer anyway. So... You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, aren't you? Especially in the um, in the Disney Springs area and the, the International Drive area and the, the Universal. They, these are all holiday destinations. The the local the locals there's not enough of them to support all them businesses. It just isn't. No, there's there's far too many, far too many. I mean, you, you drive do a drive down International Drive or drive up. In Central Drive, and there's so many bars and restaurants, and like you say, you know Orlando especially, it's a tourist town. So they do rely on that trade coming in from you know other states, from other countries all around the world. Um, you know we're being told that we're probably not going to be able to fly to America until December. At the moment, you know it's not that's not nailed on. But some airlines have definitely cancelled those flights. We were talking on that Universal podcast about TUI have made that decision. And, you know, we're waiting to see what other airlines follow suit. We're pretty much all flights in, up to September are cancelled now, most of the major airlines. And now I'm hearing of people getting their holidays cancelled in the beginning of October. So, you know, they're going to be losing out on a, on a hell of a lot of trade. So... I, I don't think anyone thought that we'd see the economic crash that we, we're about to see, but we are. It's, uh, it's scary times. And we haven't even talked about the Disney ticket situation. And what we're seeing from, you know, being UK travellers, what we're seeing for like next year's holidays. With the dining plan gone and the, the tickets that you can and can't buy and everything. You know, a lot of people that I'm speaking to now that were originally going to postpone their holidays this year because they weren't going to be able to get flights flight next year are now not looking to do that either because of the restrictions that are there. So, I don't mm. you know, what kind of impact is that going to have on Disney as well? Yeah, the numbers are definitely going to be down. Going to be more limited to local US tourists, I think, than international. Well, after 9-11, didn't they mothball some hotels? Yeah. That was when they stopped the plans for uh, what, what later became Art of Animation. It was going to be Pop Century, wasn't it? That was, that it was, was part of it. Yeah, it was going to be an expansion of Pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that all happened. Um, and to be fair, it looks like we'll probably get the same thing with, with Reflections. I don't think that'll go ahead. Uh, I think it'll go ahead, but it will certainly be delayed. In a way, they need it to go ahead because it's a way of them get you know being able to recoup some money. TVC though, 
I don't think they'll recoup anything. No one's going to buy into DVC at the moment, are they? Uh, I don't know. It's a seller's market. Hmm. You'd think so, but I don't know. Never underestimate the Disney fan community when it comes to DVC. <laughs> it always buyers. has. A buyer's market, I think. That's what I meant. That's what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you meant. Um, but I, I think, unless I've missed anything off, I think that's probably it for part news. Yeah, have, have you, you've talked about all the Mickey's not so scary going, haven't you? Oh, did we no. talk about that? No, we didn't tonight. No, uh, no, I know. I'm trying to think if we did in the last episode. I don't think we, I, I think that might have come afterwards, actually. So, yeah. go on, Craig. Well, it, they've cancelled it, obviously. The event, the full event has been cancelled. Now, they've been selling tickets, so people are getting full refunds. Um, it was the earliest and it was the longest it was ever going to be, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was mid-August. I mean, we've been to two events in August, and it's a brilliant event. It's just not for August. It's so hot. But um, I think they've done the right thing because, you know, the fireworks is mass gathering, the stage show is mass gathering, you're all getting given sweets, you know, so you're all in these queues to get your uh, trick-or-treat. I think they've done absolutely the right thing. Um, mm. And I think they'll be privately, their arses will be twitching about Christmas now. I would imagine so. I don't yeah. think they can go ahead with Christmas either. I don't know, there might be time for them to try and retool the event. Well, food and wine's starting, isn't it, on the festival? Well, food. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the taste of Yeah. <laughs> There's not going to be no wine selling. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> There'll be a big rush for non-alcoholic wines. But that, yeah. That's another thing, isn't it? That's another, um, like, the, the alcohol has just been banned over there. Mm. They're, they're doing the food and wine from mid-July, is it? Yeah, 15. 15 yeah, when the parks reopen, yeah. Yeah, but no no eat to the beat concerts. Which again, it's all it's all crowd, it's all keeping the crowds dispersed. I mm. I can only imagine how busy food and wine is. I've always wanted to go. I've never had a chance. Um but Yeah, it's busy. Well if you're because there's no park hopping in the new world, um, if you're going to Epcot, you're there for the day. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, or you're there for half a day and you're back sitting at your hotel room. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, technically, it's probably a lower risk than an, an indoor restaurant. And they could probably manage the queues a bit better if they segregate the, cre- the queues so you're, you know, two meters away from the next person. Whereas before it was just, you know, a normal queue. Um, and the thing stalls, is, yeah. put more yeah. stalls out. Yeah, or I think it said 20, I think. I think that's less than normal, isn't it? I'm not 100% sure about that, but I think they've cut down the number of stalls to presumably spread everything out because that's one of the problems, really. You you get your food and they've got each stall has got a couple of little stand-up tables, but there isn't a lot of space to actually... You tend to kind of wander away from the stall and find somewhere to, to sit and eat. Uh, I've never sat in, at, at Food and Wine. Mm. Uh, because there just there wasn't anywhere. Yeah, you just stand and uh, you just you find can't, all those. Yeah, tables. you can't. Well, I couldn't even get a table. Um, 
you know that that was the problem with it for me yeah um and i mean with this would have been september no october yeah october yeah. and yeah it's, it's it's busy like you say it's it's busy and there's not enough places to sit at the best of time so with the new restrictions it's going to be even worse yeah i think the loss of stores is probably some of those ones that they have actually been holding indoors mm-hmm. like the the chocolate one was all indoors wasn't it and yeah some of the uh, the drinks makes him oh, things like, like the, the neon sides. yeah, yeah the they've all but i'm guessing they've all been removed yeah probably mm-hmm. it's such a shame it is absolutely such a shame because for any of us to consider getting over there first of all you need the, the flights obviously but then you're still paying the same and you're getting such you're not even at this point you're not even getting 40% of the product mm. that you would have had no had it been normal and I don't think some of it will be back until the 50th I think like fireworks and stuff I don't think they'll bring them back well you've, you've got to say um, this could be used to revolutionise you know all fast passes have gone so that could be brought back as a paid um, thing the Disney dining plan is gone you know so I don't think we've mentioned either that the three magic bands have gone now as well. Three magic bands have gone, which isn't a problem because no. you can have more choice. I'd, you know, you'd love to have an Avengers one or a Star Wars one. And they were starting to trial that and, and selling out, weren't they? They were bringing yeah. in paid ones, but they were selling out instantly. So obviously there's a market there for that. Um, but it, it's it's a whole new world. And for them to go back to some of the old ways, it's not needed. You know, it would be amazing to go to a Disney park and not necessarily have your fast passes. Imagine if they flipped it, and I've said this in the past, over to the universal model of doing things and the deluxe hotels get the express passes. Yeah. It could work, potentially it could work. Well, they do it, they do it at Disneyland Paris. If you stay, if you stay at the um, Disneyland Hotel at the right tier or Newport Bay, I think they're the only two, aren't they, Paul? No, I think it was Hotel New York, not Newport. Oh, okay. Because New York is higher than yeah, Newport. But I think they started doing it at Newport because yeah. of the closure. But yeah, um, but if you stayed in one of the uh, the suites there, one of the the more um, upmarket rooms. Then you got free. You got some fast passes thrown in, which could be used against any attraction. Um, I can't remember. I think it might have been two or three a day, off the top of my head. And don't forget that the touring plans upgrade was um, due to be coming out, wasn't it? Mm. Was that a new app or was that an add-on? I don't know. You know, um, this is all before COVID. I mean. The Disney dining plan, in principle, is a wonderful thing, but you just end up eating steak for two weeks and lobster. <laughs> you know, so... If and it, have... again, it's it's pretty useless unless you're staying for more than a week. Well, yeah. yeah you, you, it's definitely value for money because you do... But you do end up eating for the sake of eating. You paid for it. So you're going to use it? Yeah. And now it's gone. So, I mean, obviously Chef Mickey's isn't open in its current form. Um, 
but if as that for an example a family of four if you paid for your food for that you're over two hundred dollars easy let's say you know we'd never we, you know I've, I've talked before about the fact we never went with a dining plan and when we went on our honeymoon trip you know we had a few deluxe meals like we at a california grill um we had cinderella's royal table but for the most part it was eaten at quick service or um you know places like uh 50s prime time which are obviously not very expensive either um and the reason for that was because you do get a bit fed up of just eating the same stuff and it, it, eating rich stuff as well like you said craig i mean bear in mind you know we were we weren't vegetarians then so it was you know when we went to a California grill, you know, it was a pork loin or it was a steak. Um, you know, you, you would be because you didn't mind treating yourself, but we didn't want to have that all the time. And, but if we had the dining plan, we probably would have done because oh, you feel best, you need to spend the money. It's the best two weeks of your life. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. Mm. You, you go into every restaurant with the best of intentions. I'm going to try something different. Oh, that salmon looks lovely. Or, ooh, that salad looks lovely. Uh, waiter, is this steak included in the dining plan? Yes, sir. Oh, okay then. And, and away you go. Yep. Can't help it. Uh, just, oh, sorry. Well, maybe they'll be able to sell um, little dining plan packages where you get so many meals, which they were starting to do, weren't they, for the cheaper hotels? Yeah, you could buy, you could buy, or you could upgrade your dining plan to yes. do that. They've, they've, yeah. they've got to get back the money that they've lost. Let's be honest, they're hemorrhaging a lot of money. So it's going to hurt. To go back to a Disney park in the future is going to hurt, big style. And I mean, we're, we're recording this about two weeks out from the reopening of Walt Disney World. But mm. Disneyland, you know, what's, the, what's going on there? Hasta la vista, baby. Been postponed, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I, I've certainly not been able to find any any new date yet. No, no I don't think so. Open. Yeah. Their downtown springs is opening. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing on the park itself. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's another reason why they delayed Halloween Horror Nights announcements as well. Because Universal over there don't know what they're doing. Maybe. Anyway, the, if you want to hear city, back, their city walk has opened. That opened a few weeks ago. Yeah, but the parks again have. No. Mm. Well, if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to that Universal podcast. Third plug. Yeah. But um, we'll leave the news in the parks, and we'll go and have a look at the news outside of the parks. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. 
one of the bigger stories, I think, uh, mainly because we talked about it on the last episode, is the fact that uh, Mulan, which was supposed to be coming out on the 24th of July, is now coming out on the 21st of August. There's this constant battle of which is going to open first, Mulan or Tenant, the yeah. new Christopher Nolan film. And I think Tenant moved its date first and then uh, Mulan quickly followed suit yeah. just after. Um, interestingly, on this development, I mean, this story broke last week, I think, about Mulan being delayed again. Um, but I did see an announcement today, Mr. D, this will obviously be news to you as well, that Cineworld are now not going to open until the 31st of July. All oh, right, okay. They were supposed to be opening this weekend as well. Yeah, that's right. But they put—they didn't even put a statement out. They just put a, a banner out on social media All saying, right. we'll see you on the 31st of July. All right. Um, the reason given was because of the change of uh, movie releases. So This is another thing, though, the same as everywhere else. How did they expect to see any sort of return on these films that they're going to put out? How how are they going to get them bums on seats? They've not. Again, I've not really seen exactly what the chains are doing. I've seen bits and pieces of what they've talked about doing. So they've talked about, um, you know, having certain seats blocked out. Well, yeah, yeah, but say. Say Star Wars, for example, would open in uh, the showcase on four screens, and then you would have the other screens with smaller films on. But that Star Wars has now got to open on eight screens to get the same number of people in, or ten screens. Do you know what I mean? So, so that's got to be at the expense of all the other littler films. How are they going to manage it? Well, I mean so many films have, have pulled their releases haven't they you know we've talked previously about i mean disney have shafted all their films they they shafted most of them um just before the pandemic really took over uh, other studios like universal have moved m- the majority of their films to next year sony have done the same they've moved their big summer films this year to next year so quite frankly there's not going to be much outcry <laughs> So, for argument's sake, when, when Mulan opens, if it does open on the 21st of August at your, your local uh, multiplex, it probably can be on eight screens rather than four screens because there's nothing else to show. The plan, certainly, when Cineworld was going to open in the UK was because there was no new films being released, they were just going to show re-releases of old films until... The new films were coming out. Yeah. So well, announced well, that... Empire Strikes Back, Back to the Future. Uh, might have been a Harry Potter. I can't remember. Well, the, none of them. I mean, again, none of them are making me jump out of the, the little cocoon that I call home to go and. Uh, cocoon was not on the list, by the way. <laughs> to, <laughs> to go and get back into the real world and sit in a. A cinema now. Obviously, these these places. I mean, there's sprays out now and everything is in a way you can disinfect, and it lasts for so many days and all that type of stuff. They're going to be super clean, I would imagine. But I'm still not going to take the risk of some balloon head sitting behind me, 
coughing all over me. You know, yeah. what what our Eve did today is she's bought um, a car. I think three people um, are going to see six the musical on a, oh, yeah. in a drive-through cinema, a drive-in yeah. cinema mm-hmm. event. Um, that that could be a way forward. I don't know. Well, I mean, the the uh, we didn't talk about it actually last night. We should have done, but Jurassic Park was number one at the box office again a couple of which, weekends ago, which is amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. It is, no, of course it is, um, and mainly because of the return of uh, drive-in cinemas. Now, I mean, drive-in cinemas have, have continued to be a thing in America. Um, you know, they, they've never stopped, but they have obviously become fewer and fewer. And, you know, they have been opening up, pop-up, drive-through cinemas of late to try and get people out um, in, a, in a safe way. So that will probably continue. Um, and going back to your, your point initially, I mean, if you've never seen The Empire Strikes Back on the big screen, because you know you you didn't see it when it got re-released in the 90s and you were too young to see it when it was first released then that might be encouragement enough for you to go you know there are films that i've never seen on big screen that i i would quite happily um pay to go and see on the big screen you know recently i've seen jaws um i saw alien i think last year um, the Shining, never seen that. Uh, got to see that at the cinema for the first time. Um, so there's definitely a market for for doing it, but that was in that was at a time when going to the cinema was just seen as you know something normal to do. Now you've got that worry of, am I going to go here and become sick? Yeah, and it, it's. I mean, to go to a, a, a supermarket now, you're like John Rambo trying to get out of the jungle in Vietnam. You're dodging this, you're dodging that, you're doing somersaults and everything. And then when you get out, you mop your brow, you sanitise, you get in your car and you drive home and then you have a shower and you burn your clothes. I've I've been... Uh, the last two nights I've been to a supermarket and I haven't worn a mask. Yeah. And the reason the reason why I didn't, I had a mask with me, and I didn't put it on because there was no one in there. Well, yeah. You know, I sanitised my hands when I went in. I sanitised my hands when I came out. Um, I, I just didn't feel the need that I, I need to wear a mask. Now, if I'm going anywhere where there are queues or it is busy, I'm wearing a mask. You know, I'm not, I'm not silly, but um, yeah. Isn't the talk of concerts getting back going where the, the spray and a mist over the audience or something have a dream that, that. I think I think you've dreamt that or you're walking through a mist or something on the way in I mean in in some ways uh, that might work but then if you if you've got the illness is that whatever they're going to spray you with is that going to actually stop you uh being able to pass it on to someone else if you're if you're infected probably, I don't know probably not so seems a bit pointless um i mean yeah like um my wife i bought her tickets to go and see elton john at christmas uh at the o2 we've got no idea if that concert's gonna even be allowed to take place 
let alone if they're going to want to go. You know, she was supposed to be taking my daughter to her first concert. She doesn't really want see the uh, the appeal of doing that right now, and that's months away. Well, this thing, God, Eve's going to see six. I don't know what it is. It's a musical, but it's, it's about, live. It's about um, Henry VIII. All oh, right, okay, but it's live. They're doing it on a, a stage somewhere. I presume I don't they're think... in a bubble. the 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 whole The whole cast yeah. are going to be in a bubble together. For I think they're doing. I, I saw it yesterday because it's the first live performance to kind of go back out and, and actually oh, perform right, publicly. Okay. And the entire cast and crew are in a bubble as of next week. And they're going to be doing that for about two or three weeks and then they're going to start the shows. Wow. Something like that. Um, so that's how, they're, that's how they're doing it. Um, but all the venues, like you say, are going to be drive-ins. So they'll be on stage. But... Um, yeah. So once you've got them driving venues set up, there could be a tour and circus type thing where Hamilton comes into town. Next week it's the greatest showman. The week after it's whatever. Waitress. Could be fantastic. If this works, it will certainly be a boost for that industry. Because like we say, if there's you know 40 stage productions that are being cancelled on Broadway at the moment, um, and I don't know how many theatres we've got in, in London, but probably 25, 30 theatres that have all got productions on that have had to go dark. Um, you know, if they, if they would be able to find some way of being able to perform those under those circumstances going around, um, you know, driving venues, then, yeah, of course, it means that they're going to be able to get paid for work, which is a positive thing. Won't be earning the money that they would have been obviously, um, but it at least means that there's some income coming in for those people. So, be, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. But, uh, yeah, I just, you know, poor Mulan, it was supposed to be out in March. Um, now, it's hopefully going to be August. That will obviously depend on what happens in the next few weeks. Um, it does look like we're seeing in the States at least a second wave in a lot of places right now, Florida is obviously um, very under pressure. Um, I don't know what the numbers are today, but yesterday it was uh, up to about 10,000 confirmed cases that day. Um, so they are really going through the motions at the moment. Um, and unlike Artemis Fowl, I think Disney have faith in, in Mulan to actually be successful. It does actually look really good. The, the reviews, because it did have the, it obviously had the premiere before, the lockdown happened and um, the reviews for it were very positive. So I think Disney are determined that this will be the first film they release at the cinema this year. Uh, obviously post-COVID. Mm. But I'm surprised that they haven't uh, announced that they're going to start showing again um, onward or anything because has that, has that actually come out to buy here yet? Onward. That's all. Which one was that? Oh, that was that. That was the one that looked like a DreamWorks film. Yeah, it was, yeah. Let's have a look. It was on Amazon or something. I mean, we know it's not on Disney Plus in the UK. Um, I think most of Europe, it's not on Disney Plus. It is in America. Yeah, it's out. It yeah. is out. Yeah. Fourteen quid on iTunes. Okay. 
So maybe that's why that's not going to get re-released at cinema because you can buy it at home. But you would have thought that they might try and squeeze some more money out of that one. Yeah. But, uh, hmm. Interesting. Um, any other news from outside the parks? Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh. How could I forget? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm... <laughs> I'm still on the wrong side. I don't. I just don't think they should be doing it. But hey ho! So uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is getting a reboot. In fact, it's getting two. Um, the first one that has now been confirmed will be a film led with a new character. We don't know who. Um, by Margot Robbie. And it's also, I believe, being written by the same screenwriter that did uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah. And whatever the rest of that title was. Which one? Because there was two, wasn't there? I don't know, wasn't there? Yeah, they they renamed it to Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. It was called Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. Yeah. Originally, it was called, like, the Fantastic... Emancipation, emancipation of the one Harley Quinn. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous title. Um yeah. and, and pretty much ridiculous film. So, I, I was not a fan. So what are they actually doing? Two two new pirates films. Okay. And so what's the outrage? Um I I think I think a lot of the outrage, especially when they first announced they're doing this reboot, is that people still wanted to see Johnny Depp. Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not been confirmed. Well, in fact, I th- did they did they actually confirm Zach Efron for it? Was no. that actually confirmed? That was no. just rumored. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they're supposed to do like a, a kind of pirates reboot or something with some new characters. It looked like Johnny Depp wasn't going to be involved in it at all. Um, that is going to you know that's that's not. We still don't know how that's going to end up. Uh, to be honest, um, he could appear in one, he could ap- appear in both, he could appear in neither. I think, uh, I mean, obviously, when the last Pirates of the Caribbean film came out, it was right at the start of um, some accusations being made about Johnny Depp by his, his then uh, or soon to be ex wife. Um, that's obviously going through the courts at the moment, and a lot of the evidence suggests that. Uh, a lot of the thing, a lot of the accusations weren't actually true. So while he was kind of wasn't officially blackballed by Disney, it did certainly look like anything else involving Pirates of the Caribbean was going to be without his involvement whatsoever. Um, and and we still don't know what the future lies for that franchise. But as well as this, you know, regular Pirates spinoff, there is now going to be a female-led Pirates of the Caribbean spin-off as well. That has nothing to do with the original characters as far as we can tell. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all kind of wishy-washy, the details. Um, oh, actually, the writer is Christina Hodson, who'd also uh, written Bumblebee. Yeah. Which actually was a decent film. So, yeah. you know, she's got a 50-50. Um, and she also wrote the script that they're now not going to produce at DC for Batgirl. 
Oh, okay. Uh, it says the story is going to take place in the same world as the original Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But that's it. That's all we know. Um, yeah. I mean, I know that you're a bit sick of Margot Robbie. Yeah, I am. She just seems to... Don't get me wrong, she's a good actress as such, but it just seems like she has to have her finger in every single pie at the moment. Mm. How have we had three films produced starring her, yet we've not had a solo Batman film? Yeah, it's, it's true. She's not Harley Quinn's not even a great character. Uh, I I like the original Harley Quinn. Yeah, in the animated series where she first started, um, I'm not very keen on how that character has evolved over time. And I never saw Suicide Squad, but I did see Birds of Prey, and she just felt like a poor man's Deadpool to me. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a fan at all, and I I like Margot Robbie. Like um, I Tonya, I've I've seen a good few times now. I think it's a, a brilliant film. I think she's great in it. She's a she's a good actress, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure how I feel about this Pirates of the Caribbean spinoff. I think the the worry you've got, and we've seen this with other uh, film series, not that Disney have done necessarily, but other film studios. Well, I mean that uh, DC, uh, the DC Cinematic Universe. Going back to that, the films they've announced and then cancelled. The Dark Universe at Universal, uh, the Power Rangers film franchise. You know where they they started announcing sequels and spin-offs before the first film would come out. Avatar. Well, they're making four of those. (laughs) They're not going away. They're being done. Don't worry about that. but I don't know. We don't know how successful a... And obviously, this is, this is still assumptions, right? Because we, it's not been confirmed either way yet. But let's just say that they are going to reboot uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and Johnny Depp is not going to be involved in, in those films and Jack Sparrow is not going to be a featured character. Does anyone want to see a Pirates of the Caribbean film without him? It was only a hit because of him. Mm. I agree. I, I, yeah, I, I I think so, um, and I I mean I actually like the last Pirates of the Caribbean film where he'd become more of a side character. Yeah, yeah. which he was in the first one. Yeah, yeah. I think when they made him the standalone character in the two to four, those films suffered. But I am not sure if I would like to see a Pirates of the Caribbean film where even even if he was in it and his purpose was to be Han Solo. Yeah, and that's, get killed off at the end. And that, that's Fine. the point I was going to make there. There's, there's a whole universe there of pirating to be done. You know, say Johnny Pirate is out there doing all this pirating. So let's let's have a baton passing type movie like they've done in Star Wars because in Star Wars you've got the cartoons, you've got the spin-off films. So it's not beyond the realms that, yeah, you can have more pirate films. But don't reboot it and start again. You know, keep it in yeah. the same universe. By all means, kill them off. Yeah. The yeah, thing I... is, they, they gave us a, a brilliant out at the end of the last one. That it was left to Will to take on David Jones. 
Yeah. But they're probably going to ignore that. Quite possibly. Um, I mean, to be honest, do you know what I'd really like to see if they're going to reboot Pirates? And, and let's just say, let's just say that um, they do get Zac Efron to be like the new lead or whatever. I would quite like it if they did, and this should be fresh in your memories because you didn't see that long ago, but if they did something similar to the Dread Pirate Roberts in Princess Bride, where, I mean, you don't see it happen in the Princess Bride, but you hear the story of where the original Dread Pirate Roberts passed the mantle on to Wesley because no one knew who he was. They, you know, if you just said that's who you are, people believed you. Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, with Jack Sparrow, because of the hair, because of the makeup, because of the clothes, you could quite easily dress up in a very similar way and people could believe that someone else is Jack Sparrow. So if he passed the mantle on to somebody like a Zac Efron and that's how the series continued, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, mm. that would work. I'd be down with that. Yeah. But I think I think you're right. The baton needs to be passed. I think, uh, yeah. Or, or just the whole franchise scrapped. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my vote. I think uh, I'm ignoring everything after the first one now. They, the they've got a whole new franchise. Yeah, they've got a whole new franchise now in Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. Well, time will tell. I think that'll be a hit. We know anything that rocks in will be a hit, and it will be enough for them to do a sequel. Yeah, possibly you could be. You know, I'm not. I'm not dismissing it. I think it, you know what I've seen of it looks pretty good and, and everything. And it certainly looks like a franchise starter. That's true. Not to paraphrase the prodigy, um, but yeah, for, for me, I mean, the first Pirates came out almost 20 years ago. It's horrible to say it like that, isn't it? God. Um, but even so, bearing in mind the last Pirates of the Caribbean film only came out what, three years ago, something like that, uh, I think it's too soon to do a reboot. Yeah. Especially when you could, there's so many other films. You know, If you're going to reboot a film franchise, reboot the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Do it properly. Yeah. Um, Tell the storytelling in the world in the Haunted Mansion uh, ride. And you've got different haunted mansions all around the world telling slightly different stories. Mm-hmm. There's four films that could be tweaked. You've got Big Thunder Mountain as well. Yep. Which t- they turn into a comic book series. And I mean, certainly in, in the, the Paris version, that's got a proper story to it. That whole land's got a proper story to it. So you could quite easily turn that into a, a film series. Even yeah. Space Mountain got comic book, didn't it? Uh, I did because I bought it. Okay, I didn't know that. I know it was the one about the tiki room. Don't turn that into a film series, God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like if you go, if you want to go down that path, there's you've got plenty of attractions that you could do that with. I think. Yeah. P Dubs, was there anything else from you? No, that was that was it from me. The. Uh... The pirate story was the uh, the big thing that caught my eye. What's and everyone watching on uh, Disney Plus? Um, <laughs> I watched Last Was Foul. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Last Was Foul yet, Craig? I haven't. I'm saving myself for when we record our Patreon only episode review. Okay, well then I will not discuss or disclose my feelings on Last Was Foul on this podcast. 
Um, I've been watched. I've watched the entire series of Clone Wars during lockdown. I've now watched the entire series of Rebels. I cannot recommend them highly enough. I've always watched the first one or two episodes and thought, this is for kids. Why am I watching a kid's cartoon? But there is so much more story, so much more meat put on the bones of the Star Wars franchise in them cartoons. They are an absolute joy. People are getting beheaded. People are dying left, right and centre. It is proper Star Wars. It's fantastic. The less well, said about Resistance, the better. Well, I'm, I'm three episodes into Resistance and I'm still waiting for it to get started. But... Yeah, you might have a wait. Yeah, from what I've heard of it, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna see what I can do with Resistance. I'm going to just watch it, and then I'm going back to Mandalorian, and yep. then I'm going to watch all the Star Wars films again. Actually, on before we get on to what everyone else is watching Disney+, Plus, I did see today that apparently WandaVision is going to have some extra episodes. Yeah, it's up to nine now. What was it before? Six. Six. Hmm. And it seems like it's possible that... Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be the same because uh, Anthony Mackie's come out and said that it's a six to eight hour movie. So it seems like they've possibly got a couple of extra episodes as well. I mean, I know we won't know until these shows launch, but I wonder if that's the reason why there's extra episodes now is because that's how they've been filmed. They've just been filmed as a long movie. They were going to cut up. Yeah. I think It does make you think that they've got extra extra footage than they were expecting. Mm. Hasn't Chris touched on this in the in past conversations now? All this Netflix type stuff is tends to be one long movie and that's what was so refreshing about Mandalorian. Mandalore because they had all different directors in telling different bits of the story. So it, it didn't feel like it was all one big thing. Um I I don't know. I think I think really it, it did feel a bit like a movie because it told one long story. Well, maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the thing is, although it told one long story, it went off on different tangents before being brought back to Which the main the car- story. The cartoons do. There's definitely some episodes of the cartoons where you're thinking, oh my God, have I just had to watch that? But on the whole, absolutely fantastic. And of well, course, we, we've got a big event on Friday, haven't we? Potentially the biggest event for Disney Plus since its launch. I am very, very tempted to take at least the morning off, if not the afternoon, so I can watch Hamilton. Because I've now convinced my daughter that she should watch it. There's only one F-bomb in it. Yeah, Had to censor two, two F-bombs. Yeah. Um, and so we was like, yeah, that's that's all right. She doesn't, you know, she's heard daddy swear before. Not very they've often. Been, that, that's another thing. They've been um, blaring out boobs on Disney Plus. Yes. And yet one F-bomb gets through. It's, well, yeah, but that's because they've they've been hiding them. Yeah, but the Wizards of Waverly Place mom doesn't particularly have... Her fronties out. They're just big boobs. Why did they need to be airbrushed out of existence? Is that what they've done? Yes. 
It's still better than Daryl Hannah's fairy bomb. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's the only thing that I've seen censored out, really. Yeah. Bonkers, mate. Wow, okay. I mean, I, I almost want to watch Wizards of Waverly Place now to see, but, um, you know, having said that, I've never ever said that sentence before, so I might not follow through. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's through the American rating system anyway. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the whole is. thing. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 super excited. I've I've wanted to see Hamilton. Uh, I can't I can't remember what it opened Broadway. Was it 2014? I think maybe I'm going to go look it up now. Um, I remember Kevin Smith waxing lyrical about this amazing musical that he'd been to see, and I was thinking, oh, shut up, Kevin. 2015 it opened. Um, yeah, I, I I remember I remember listening to a podcast. It wasn't Kevin Smith, but I remember listening to a podcast. And um, the people on the podcast were talking about you know, how they've been listening to the soundtrack over and over. And I found it on Amazon Prime Music. And so I thought, oh, I'll just give it a bit of a go. And it blew me away. Yeah. So I've not listened to it for a while. Um, but yeah, I was um, I was listening to it a fair bit when it first came out. And yeah, I can't wait to see it. Well, I mean, my story for Hamilton is... Our Eve has been into it for so long that she's been on at me to listen, listen, listen. And it's that age-old thing of, I know better than you. I'm not listening to your music. I don't want to listen to it. But then we were actually walking the streets of New York in February this year. And we actually walked past his grave. You know, there he is in the cemetery just... and we're just breathing in the same air that he breathed in and it was just so I listened to it and I listened to it on repeat for weeks afterwards she had tickets she should she should have went to see it um two weeks ago in London right it's been cancelled now in London indefinitely hasn't it yes gone yeah I mean my wife has been trying to get me tickets ever since it opened um in the UK and just was never able to. Um, so this is this is um, this is comfort to me. Well, I, I only downloaded it. the soundtrack two days ago. <laughs> well, it wasn't that I hadn't listened to any of it. I'd listened to bits because obviously I'd come across Lynn a good two three years ago um, with his work on Moana, and then obviously when he was in. Mary Poppins returned. So I'd heard some of it because I I quite liked what he'd done with Moana and, and stuff like that. So I had listened to a couple of tracks, but I'd never listened to the whole whole soundtrack. So I I finally um caved in earlier in the week to accompany me on my, my daily walks. Mm. What's your thoughts, we I love it. He's he is so clever. You don't even need to see what the show is about, you can feel it through his lyrics. Yeah. So wasn't it just this all come from him reading a book on holiday? Yeah, he picked up a book in an airport. Yeah. Phenomenal. Just shows you, doesn't it? Yeah. And I mean he's he's other film he's up like his first musical in the Heights, that's I think still due to come out before Christmas. The film adaption of that. But that's a proper film rather than a recording of the stage production. I, I just appreciate his work on Poppins now, um, whereas because I didn't really know him before Poppins, and I was a bit like, eh, 
because Poppins wasn't what it was, but I appreciate Poppins a lot more now because of the work that I know that he's done. Uh, he's by far the standout in, in Poppins. Yeah. Oh, I, I think Emily Blunt did a good job. Oh, she did, of course. Yeah, but I now, that Poppins has become Poppins, and that's, do you know what I mean? That's what it should have been, but maybe we all looked down our noses at it a little bit when it came out and didn't appreciate it as much as we could have done. But I really like that film now. Really like it. Yeah, I liked it. I did like it. But, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. But, yeah, I, I can't wait for Hamilton. Can't wait. And, P-Dubs, what about you, sir? Have been watching anything on Disney Plus? Yeah, I've been watching, re-watching some of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I fell away from it for a couple of years because um, I thought the quality went down a little bit. I know, Craig, you've you've seen it all the way through now. I'm, I'm just coming up to the end of season four yeah, on that. Um, we still love it. I'm still making my way through the the animated classics. I've got as far as the next one to watch is Black Cauldron. Ooh. So I've made making my way through that really dodgy period during the eighties. I've never watched a Black Cauldron, but it was the first Disney book I was ever bought as a child. I seen it in video club after school in the eighties. And I don't think I've ever seen it since. We had it. We got it. You know, when Disney used to do the Disney reward things in your DVD boxes, we got it and never watched it. Wow. It sat on the shelf. So this would be the first time. And I swear it was the first time I'd seen um, the original Rescuers as well. I've seen the sequel, but I don't think I'd ever seen the first one. And we watched that a couple of days ago. So I am catching ones that I've, I've not seen. Enough. I seem to remember the um, the Black Cauldron cereal coming out. It was just all over the cereal boxes. <laughs> it was supposed to be a big big hit. They were expecting it to be a big hit, even though it was, it was going to be a bit darker than the usual thing. Um, as P-Dub said, it was at a time when Disney were trying to work out what the next angle was going to be. Um, and it's a series of books, right? The Black Cauldron? Yeah. It's like, isn't it like described as like the Welsh version of Lord of the Rings or something? I'm sure Probably. I've seen it described as yeah. that. But I know there was a series of books and the expectation was going to be they could do a series, you know, like a, a film series. But the first one obviously flopped pretty hard. Um, yeah. So we'll enjoy that. Let us know how it is. It's hopefully yeah, one we'll okay. get round to on the Patreon at some yeah. point so we can all watch it. But uh, yeah. Should I watch Agents Agent Carter? Yeah. I would watch it, yeah. It's it was good. Especially now. Spoilers for anybody that's not seen this year this year. There is a character from Agent Carter in Agents of Shield now. Yeah. Ooh, thanks for that. Yeah. Ooh. What about Runaways? I've seen the first season of Runaways. I didn't catch the second season. By all accounts, it's it's all right. See, people, there's so much on Disney Plus. Yep, and stuff's still being added. I'd like every to know week. What, what the listeners are watching. You can tell us in the Facebook group. Yeah, drop us a tweet. Be good to know. Absolutely. I feel like we've achieved something tonight. I think we put the world to rights. 
we've had a, mo- a moment. It's been a good episode. I don't think we should be saying that live on air, but, you know, I don't know. I feel I've got a good feeling about this. I think the last two episodes we've, we've done, the, the Universal one and this one tonight, have been fairly solid. Don't say oh. that, Craig. Dark times, we're in dark times, we really are. But I like to think we're trying to help. There wasn't, there wasn't much good news in this episode, I'll be honest with you. But you know what we've got? We've got each other. That's all that counts. And the listeners. And that's who I meant, all of oh, us. Oh, right, yeah. We've got us all, we've got each other. And and as we said, we've we've launched a new Universal podcast. That Universal podcast came out yesterday. Yeah, if you listen to this, Disney's probably your jam. But a lot of you that listen to this will also enjoy going to Universal Parks. And, you know, it's a new show, some new formats. And I think it worked really well. So um, give that a try if you, uh, you know, you either haven't listened to the Universal shows we've done before or you've just never listened to anything we've done like that. And, um, you know, see how you, see how you go. Anyway, guys, Maleficent free. Come on, what do you think? I've not seen the first two. Oh God! I, I spoke. I spoke to my wife, my wife, uh, about Maleficent two yesterday. Electric recently. Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, Maleficent two, Electric Boogaloo, and uh, she says that she really likes it, and she wasn't particularly keen on the first one. Although she says that having rewatched it, she enjoyed it a bit more. And I was like, no, the, the problems I had with Maleficent 1 are still there. But uh, she said Maleficent 2 was pretty good. And solid. She's Maleficent quite happy to see another one. Is solid. Flop, though. It did flop, but it's solid. Mm. And I, I mean, I'm, all I'm saying, the only reason I'm saying it flopped is not because that means it's a good or bad film. All I'm saying is, is that that probably means the likelihood of a third one, considering how long it took to get Maleficent 2 made, is probably not great. But Especially now she's part of the MCU. Um, she might be a little bit busier. Scarlett Johansson was in Jungle Book. Yeah, but that was only voice work. Oh, Anyone can all, do that. Alway, always We're doing that now. <laughs> if only... Actually, you know what? If you if we've got any animators out there and you want to do a little animation for this show, then please <laughs> please do so. That'd be quite fun. Um, right. In that case, we'll wrap this episode up. But thank you so much for downloading. Um, thank you, gents, for joining in. And we will see you with another episode of Disney Parts and Beyond very soon. Cheerio. Sleep well. Or, or enjoy your oh. morning. Yeah, enjoy your breakfast. <laughs> Sleep well, fair princess. Network.